Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Melman Podcast. My name is Zach Marzo. David Melman. David Melman is here as usual. Awesome guests with us today. Very excited. Carolyn Knaus is the founder of Make a Miracle. Her and her husband, Jack, which she may mention, and Sarah Sinclair is here as well uh, with Donor Relations. She's in charge of with Make a Miracle. She'll talk a little bit more about that um, as well. Awesome nonprofit organization. Um, I don't want to talk too much about what they do. They're the you know specialists with that. I just want to turn it over to you, Carolyn, if you want to kick us off, uh, share a little bit about Make a Miracle. You know how you got to where you're really at today. You know what what uh, jump started all of this. Well, it goes back a ways. My um, I have three daughters, and my oldest daughter was studying Spanish. She was in high school, and uh, our neighbors knew about a mission trip to Peru. And I was like, why don't you just go down to and you know practice your Spanish and I thought it would be good for her as a teenager to see perspective as well of how different cultures live uh, and she said yeah all right so she went for a week and ended up staying for a whole month wow, wow. it Very just cool. touched her so much um, sure. and just kind of changed her in a great way um, on her just her personality and all that just like really bonded with this group of young teenagers she went down with I think she was 15 at the time so she went for a couple more summers and then one year I was like well my other daughters were growing up and it's like why don't we all go together and so just the girls went me and my three daughters the youngest being eight or nine at the time I think it was 2009 and um it was pretty cool it's like wow this is really interesting and and um went back again two years later with the kids again and then eventually got my husband Jack involved and he was really resistant at first he would probably not want me to say that but um the girls honestly it was spring break and we applied for a mission trip with our church and did not get chosen because it's a big church it's a mega church here and so I said well maybe we can like just go down to Peru on our own and stay at the women's shelter called Pat's Place that we always stay at with the groups and um he's like why don't we go to Disney World? Right. And the kids, <laughs> I said, ask the kids. Like, let the three of them choose. And they were just like, Peru, 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 Peru. Sure. It was like not, not even a, a doubt of sure. where they wanted to go. So we get down there, and um, we're staying at this women's shelter. And in the morning, we open the door because we had gotten in at, like, 1 a.m. And um, this little girl named Ciela was, like, four or five at the time, sneaks down, and she looks through the door, and she goes and runs into my husband's arms. And he gives her this big hug, and he looked at Rachel, and he goes, I think I'm going to like it here. And like, honestly, it just had his heart from day one. Hmm. Um, And so we started kind of supporting some of the girls in college because there's really no government support for college. Um, There's absolutely no financial aid like we have here. We're so lucky and blessed to have that in our country. So we started paying for a couple girls to go to college. And it just more and more need was seen. And we said, we just can't just put all of Peru through college on our own. So we we founded Make a Miracle for that reason. Very cool. And then it's kind of expanded. Were you in like the nonprofit uh, sector, if you will, for lack of a better word, before this? No, we were in bowling. Wow. So my husband owns and uh, and I own a, a chain of bowling alleys. That's cool. Um, yeah. Very so nice. So we were not anything on our radar for nonprofit, never been trained in that. Right. We were both finance majors in college. Sure. Um, so we just honestly figured it out as we went. Yeah, that's really cool. I think for, you know, Jack not, you know, necessarily knowing if he you know, wanted to get into that, I think it speaks to trying something you may be uncomfortable with because you never really know where it'll end up. Because if he was just like, you know, hard headed, I'm not doing this, you know, you'd never really be where you're at 
you know, today. So I think that's really and, cool. And sometimes you need to push from your daughters. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you do. They're exactly. the ones that, you know, if they would have imagine if they said Disney World. Yeah. No kidding. Crazy, right? You yeah. Know, one decision and you mm-hmm. know, what, what happens then? It would have impacted so many lives. Totally. Made that one choice. Yes. And, and it's great to see where it's baby steps. Sometimes people think it's impossible to do something because the vision is too large, but they don't break it down where if you start here and you gradually grow, you can get there. A lot of people might think sometimes they only see like the end result and it's impossible. But if you break it down mm-hmm. to baby steps, like you said, you couldn't put everybody through college right away. Mm-hmm. Maybe no, one and, or two kids. And he may have told me a hundred times Rome was not built in a day. Because sure. I wanted to be like right. mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. hundred students day one. Sure. And, just, and that's yeah. where you can break it down and have a team and, and that supports you and can, you know, bring things to you so you can do it at a good pace where you're comfortable with also, but it's not more than you can chew. Because when you get to that point, it can get unorganized, but it sounds like baby steps, which is what you did, you know? You went there with your family, and the next thing you know, look what you have here, mm-hmm. you know? And how does, I guess, with, um, I know nonprofits, there's like fundraisers you guys perhaps do. There's just um, private, you know, donations from, you know, people there. Is that, like, what else, how do you, I guess, target people? Like when you first started saying, hey, I want to try to collect some money here to really make a difference, there's so many nonprofits out there. You have to kind of really feel connected to that particular purpose, mission, you know, whatever. How did you guys like know where to even really start with where do we find money to continue to do this? So we just really started with our friends, friends and family, and they supported us. And we have a board of directors, which was mostly friends and family at the time. We've expanded somewhat since then, Um, but really expanded our, we have a corporate drive. And so a lot of that is through Stars and Strikes, my husband's business, cool. who they just go to our vendors and, and vendors that are they have good relationships with mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, we support our cause, and a lot of them do, which is wonderful. And then uh, we have lots of individual donors, and we have a, several events a year, which cool. also helps. So it all comes together. Right. Um, we've actually gotten a couple grants, too. So we've gotten nice. grants from wow. different organizations. Sure. So it all kind of came together. Is that, that where Sarah kind of uh, comes into play with that? I mean, you, um, I guess you know, day to day, you can even explain just a little bit kind of what your role is or, you know, how you, uh, you know, fit into make a miracle, you know, how you got here. Uh, well, I, I met Carolyn, um, through a friend, uh, Carmen, who was already supporting a student in college for a few years, um, sure. trusted Carmen and cool. we met Carolyn and we started sponsoring, uh, one young girl at the time, a couple of years ago, we've just picked up a second student. Right. So I originally met Carolyn. I, w- I was just a sponsor myself. Sure. Um, so, cool. uh, and then I guess with this downtime and COVID, right. I, I had too much of it and <laughs> wanted to make good use of my time. Um, sure. so got with Carolyn and came on as donor relations manager, um, mostly handling and, and keeping communication between the students like we said on the Zoom calls, right? Um, setting up, keeping the students connected with their sponsors, and that sure. has been very touching, um, sure. and and keeps everybody well connected, uh, and getting to know the students, and um, yeah, I can't so, imagine just like you know. I also do the fundraisers, and I help. Okay. With, I'm doing my own fundraiser here soon. Cool, in a few weeks, right? Yes, yes. very cool. And tell us about that after, you know, okay, so that great, everybody yeah. can hear. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you have to be creative to do all that, you know, put put ideas together. And when you do them here, is it mostly local in Atlanta? Or is it, is it, are you staying in this area? Are you going to different states? Or is it pretty much here in Atlanta, Georgia? Is that where you're pretty yeah, as much? As of now, it's all here. As of now, here. As of now, we'd love to okay. expand as we grow. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. the majority of the, I guess, just to clarify that, basically the money you guys have raised or raise is just in the state, basically. For Maybe events. For events. Uh, events. I will right. say for the college scholarship students mm-hmm. that we get sponsors for, 
we've expanded throughout the cool. country. Nice. Um, and for our corporate partnership partners and that type of thing. Right, it's right. But for the events, we don't have any events outside of the Atlanta area mm-hmm. at this time. And sure. there being so many, you know, children in Peru, and how do you, um, I guess, know who's going to get the scholarship, right? Like how the sponsor picks. How does that work, if you don't mind, just so I can kind of understand sure. better? Yeah, it's, it's really neat. It's grown. So in Peru, there's a lot of, and probably with any underprivileged culture, sure. a lot of dishonesty and a lot of, um, it's a lot of, mistrust and that type mm-hmm, of thing. Of course. Mm-hmm. So we don't just put out applications on the streets and say, right. here, right. We, we've started small with people we knew. We started with girls that have been um, living at the women's shelter, Pat's place, right. we've, um, grown our network. So as, as we've grown, it's all by recommendation. Sure. And then they fill out an application. We interview them. We really try to see who's got like the gumption and the grit to mm-hmm. get through it. It's right. not necessarily straight A yeah. student. Sure. It's not the saddest story, which is really hard. Sometimes you I just want sure. to give imagine. it to the ones with the, they yeah. all, they all have really extreme mm-hmm. stories, I would say. Sure. Um, but we want to give it to the ones that will um, finish their degree. First of all, we'll stay in San Juan de Lurigancho and then help change their community and be that impetus for, for change and really expanding um, all the good that's going that's on. That's great. Make a miracle. For sure. It's nice when they can stay there, like you said, and mm-hmm. spread spread it more, you know, uh, the knowledge, the wealth of knowledge, and also just the will to give back. I can't imagine how good of a feeling it is seeing those Zoom calls come we in. We have two, two, two recent graduates who are turning around and going to um, That's amazing. Those are like, the, yeah. uh, we're doing our biggest, biggest project right now. Um, it is a wellness center. They're going to have medical treatment, right, and right. Um, we'll have veterinary care and uh, dental care. And so, two of our students are turning around and donating all of their free time, amazing, um, to help that community. So. Imagine how, like, you pl- we always talk about planting is, seeds, like you're not, not yes. seeds, but they are. You know, you plant like great seeds, and they blossom, and then mm-hmm. eventually you're going to have a forest, and then it's going to be an unstoppable yeah. machine. You know, in a good way. That's how, yes. I, that's how I think of it. Yeah. And all starting from, you know, I want I want to go there, and not Disney crazy i don't know I, i'm gonna keep going back to that but it's yes. amazing you know I love it. sounds like really nice kids to even and pick something else over disney and these kids know? these oh well yeah my kids are great but the um, yeah. the scholarship students honestly have these um huge huge hearts for helping others and they've always been given handouts if you know a lot of them haven't had food security sure. they haven't um had running water or anything like sure. that and just to see them turn around and be able to help people and be able to build houses. We've had a fire Saturday. They're going to go rebuild this house that was wow. just destroyed in a fire. Um, they're also building a soup kitchen cool. for, for food security for whole community. Sure. So it, it's cool to see these kids give back. But in order to get into the program, somebody has to vouch for them. Right. It might be where you have a cousin who you just know is this great guy. He just has never been able to study. Right. Um, so you're going to vouch as his cousin be like, he's a great guy because we know if he steals or if anything sure. if he causes drama if there's anything bad we're going to go right back to you and Correct. say like and, and yeah, thank god happened? we have 80 students right now we have never had a problem with anything like that we've you know and and, and as time goes on as they all get jobs we have 10 10 of the 80 have graduated already right. as they get jobs and move up they'll be hiring more kids from the program because right. they know the values that we instill in them right. being on time being trustworthy helping others and, and just being a it sounds like a great structure you set up to have 80 there and it flows, you know, um, they want to be there. They want to help, you know, it's not like somebody's forced and if you have 80 people that are there and there hasn't been really issues like that, it's amazing. It sounds like the structure is there and the system is down and that's what it is, you know, um, 
because to put it all together, it's not just ideas. You have to execute ideas and structure and the right people in place to make sure that they care enough to do the right job. And it's not easy. I can't imagine. My next question is, what is the most difficult part of mm-hmm. the every day to day, if you don't mind me asking, you know, because it's not great things happen, but I'm sh- we're behind the scenes here. There's things that go down where, you know, um, uncontrollable events, for mm-hmm. example, you know, what just happened here with, with what we're dealing with to begin with. And then other things, like what's the most difficult thing for you guys to overcome and for us, it's the distance. I would say the distance right. and the language barrier. Right. Sarah's starting to learn Spanish. I've taught my. I, I've I've started to learn since my first trip when I couldn't say one word. And I called. Um, I was handing out toothbrushes, and I called the toothbrush shoes when I was sure, handing them sure. out. My kids never let me forget that. Right, right. So I've I've gotten really pretty good at Spanish. Um, but I would say that's a Rachel question for the 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 hardest part about our actual work sure. that we do because she is down there boots um, on the ground boots on the ground yeah we'll save that for that yep for sure i think the most challenging part for me that i'm finding is going to be finding new outlets and and ways to reach new people instead of going back right that is a huge challenge i I wish i could say that in a better way sure that's perfect that's finding that to be my biggest struggle right now and right do you guys have i always just think like i mean when we want to do something like for the holidays um a lot of times it's either, you know, donating or being a part of some other cause or trying to do something on our own. But we always want to be like a little more hands-on, which is tough because you ask for donations and things. And you're like, I don't know where it's going. And that's okay, but it's always cool. And I think people, which is why the Zoom stuff is awesome, where you can establish that connection. So they almost feel like they're doing more than just, you know, writing a check or something like that, um, which is really cool. But my thought is, and I don't, you may have, you know, a bunch of this stuff is there anybody, I mean, like uh, even recording, I'm always thinking like media recording or shooting video over there, like what's going on, building stuff. Cause I would just think like being able to connect with that, um, you know, would help somebody decide to put, you know, put their money somewhere else. Cause they see what's going on. You guys are like vlogging or, you know, just shooting what's really happening over there. And, you know, people are, um, you know, seeing it for themselves. Vlogging. Absolutely. That's, that's huge. Yeah. How do you, yeah, how do you get seen? Like yeah. what is your, yeah. How do you get our, seen? Our main way, yeah. our main way of showing people who haven't been coming down to Peru is the best, yeah, the when, best right. way to bring people down. They're like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't yeah. believe how big Make a Miracle is down here. Like I had no idea. Right. And then they meet students and this girl needs a scholarship, so and so. And it's like, oh, I love this girl. I'm going to sponsor her. So that yeah. is our best way to get mm-hmm. um, donors just to actually see them. But the next best thing is video. Sure. We actually have um, a great little, uh, a great girl who's a videographer who works for the um, Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, wow. football. Sure. She's a football videographer and sure, she cool. does our videos. And That's if you sweet. look at our. YouTube channel back, you know, three, four, five years ago, our mm-hmm. videos were very basic, sure, and now sure. they've gotten really, really great. So we do share a lot with that. Um, That's awesome. So yeah. That's very great. Cool. And, you know, to go back to your question, you know, getting outside uh, donors that are not the same people, and, you know, social media is so powerful. And that's what we're seeing every single day in our business, content, content, content is king. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a great platform and multiple platforms on there, whether it's Instagram, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, everything, and being so engaged with it where you just keep spreading it. And the more active you are, the more people will see you. They say, like, too much content is too much. I'm not, like, the the more the better, in my opinion, right? And if they get sick of you, they unfollow. Like, they get sick (laughs) of us, unfollow. But, you know, out of the one that unfollows, 10 will keep watching it, right? So it's that that power of social media to reach everything, to spread that um, word. You know, I'm I'm really, we're really big on that. We're trying to leverage that more next year. Um, We're big on relationships. So we nurture our relationships in our world. Uh, but there's only a certain amount of relationships you have eventually when the relationships run out. 
Right. So then you have to kind of figure out their relationships with the people that they might know. So you got it's like a web, and you got to keep digging. Mm-hmm. But social media, like a two-headed monster with social media and leveraging, in our world, leveraging, but it's a good thing. We nurture relationships. I don't mean to use the word leverage. Nurture relationships. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes time, you know. It takes time, you know. Not everything happens overnight, like you said. And we see that, too. We're five years in in our everyday job, but slow and steady, doing it the right way, the honest way. Uh, shortcuts don't work. Eventually, the truth comes out, you know. So shortcuts don't work. Just working hard. And I can't imagine the feeling of going to Peru and seeing these children and person that you might even be sponsoring. I, I couldn't even imagine, you know. I mean, it's just incredible. It's the best feeling. It's like if you can just imagine, like, the most extreme love you've ever felt, that's what it feels like to be there. Sure. And I just love bringing friends down, acquaintances, um, yeah. business people, and just seeing, like, how their heart changes. And right. they just the families, feel like... The families, how grateful they are. Like, the so father uh-huh. the other day of one of the students coming on one of our uh, Zoom meetings and just bawling his eyes out and thanking uh, Carolyn. Yeah. And it was just... And just thanking it's Make a Miracle and thanking the sponsor, the who gratitude. is a woman in New Jersey. Right, just, right. Um, the gratitude is... And that's what you feel from all of them down mm-hmm. there. And he just was so, so thankful. And he says, like, I thank God every day for you for Make a Miracle, for the sponsor, so that my daughter can study. And right. he just, you know. It's, you know, I mean, you're, you see your kids every morning, and they love you, they give you a kiss, they're in a hurry, they're goodbye. But somebody else that doesn't have everything that we give our children every single day, the means to a good education or, you know, decent food or whatever it may be, right? Um, they, I'm going to say they take for granted because they do. And my children do every day. And I got to mm-hmm. remind them sometimes, you know, it's not like this for everyone, um, to put them back into reality because the reality is it's not like that for everyone. But to see somebody else that really just very appreciative. I'm sure they're very appreciating and the family as well. What um, What is the uh, power of the U.S. dollar in Peru and why, you know, Peru, if you're at, talking to donors, um, you know, and they probably give you a bunch of, uh, you know, questions on why there, why not elsewhere, you know, how do you kind of combat that? Right. That yeah. is a commonly asked question. And um, I would say how far the dollar goes is really important. Um, you know, you can't put a... U.S. Uh, student through college for a hundred dollars a month for their wow. uh, for their three year or four year five year school. Sure, so, sure, um, sure. It's very powerful how far the dollar goes down there. Um, what you can take in U.S. dollars, you, you can build a home. You know, for twelve hundred dollars, you can build a family a home. Wow. That I sounds mean, crazy. That's, that's yeah. powerful. Sure. You're not talking about a band aid or or helping with the situation. You're talking mm-hmm. about changing someone's life. And it's important because so people that are listening probably like, oh, I don't have, you know, $25,000 just to give away or something. And you're literally talking about anything else. A college education. 10, 20, 30, 40. Yeah. For the whole. For sure. a three-year education. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Right. And a good education. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Wow. So yeah. the average family in the area where we work, um, it's these hill communities. Mm-hmm. Lima is a desert. Um, it's called San Juan de Lara. I should start this. You guys are getting, you guys are getting, uh, yeah, go, go (laughs) ahead. It's it's not live. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I was just thinking, um, where you guys are like from all the pictures that I've seen, it looks like, you know, you guys are hiking everywhere you go. It's so hilly. So you're probably getting, you know, crazy work out there, but (laughs) you know, share more about, um, you know, the families, you know, that are there and how, you know, we were talking about how far the dollar goes, um, you know, in regards to, you know, living there and it, you know, they don't need a ton of money to, um, to do anything, you know, cause our dollar is just, you know, more powerful and will provide a lot, you know, over there, which is great. Well, the area we go is called San Juan de Lorigancho and it is the poorest district of Lima. Lima has 40 something districts. I forget the exact number. 
um, but this is the largest district with over a million people and the and the wow. most impoverished. Mm-hmm. So we go to the hills. So it's a desert in Lima, and the hill communities where we work, you are hiking up and down the mountains. Right. There's little houses all the way up, mm-hmm. um, and so that's where we build. And the average, and that's where most of our students live in the hill communities. Um, and their average income per capita per family mm-hmm. is one hundred and ninety-two dollars a month. A month. Wow. So per family. Per family. Get, per, per family. family. So somebody family. who even can donate $20, that's so much more impactful than donating $28 in the States because the, the U.S. dollar is just really, really powerful down there. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like far. it. Money it goes really far. Right. We were, um, well, I won't talk about the pandemic. I'll let Rachel talk sure. about that. Yeah. But it was like 17 cents a meal to, to How do you a, get, a uh, and it's always, well. I always wonder how like nonprofits get into, you know, you're at, you know, Target, and they're like, would you like to donate a dollar to St. Jude's or something like that, which I, I always, like, it, it, I, I feel bad saying no, but I'm not connected in, to that in any way, which a lot of people probably feel. Sometimes you'll do it, sometimes you won't, but I'm just thinking from, like, a donor perspective, I probably do, um, you know, do, like, even having a statistic there, like, you know, the families we're supporting in the Hills live on $192 a month, so your dollar, like, it goes a long way. Um, you know, and people may be more likely to do that, but I think it'd be cool to, I don't know how you'd get into something like that. Maybe not as big as target, maybe who knows, um, but that's maybe. what, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. They're, exactly. They're, they're you, know, everywhere. Uh-huh. you know, you got a yeah. bowling game, uh-huh. you know, you want to throw up sure. an extra $5 towards this or that or, or whatever. Um, which I, I think if I was putting myself in your guys' shoes, maybe in the beginning, um, you know, you feel like, you know, you're asking for, for something, but the worst thing that happens is someone's like, no, no, thank you. And then the best thing that happens is they're helping and they learn more about it and all that stuff. Right. Right. But the Hills in the Hollywood Hills and the Hills over there, I think it would be a, a cool thing to kind of swap it out. Cause I'm sure the Hollywood Hills and Beverly Hills, you know, could learn a lot more about, uh, life going, right. uh, yeah. going, sure. going over there, you know? And one good thing, I think, too, that we have going for us that a lot of nonprofits like St. Jude's, Mm -hmm. great cause, but they have a lot of payroll. Right. And for us, we are all volunteer-based in the U.S. Sarah, myself, we work 40 hours a week plus. Sure. Um, We have a team of, uh, there's 13 board members and maybe six or seven volunteers Mm -hmm. in the States that work tirelessly for this effort. Mm -hmm. Um, In Peru, we have, Rachel? (laughs) Um, Let me think. In, in, okay, so I'd say down in Peru, we mm-hmm. have approximately 10 people on right. our team, and they do um, get paid right. sure, at sure. smaller salaries because, like I said, the um, mm-hmm. dollar goes so much further down sure. there. But sure. I think people can give knowing we don't have a CEO that makes a million dollars a year. Like, right. we are these larger nonprofits. But we see it. I see yeah. the app come up where, like, the top 10, and then you realize where it goes, and it's, like, scary. And right. we were, a couple of years ago, we did something towards the holidays, and it was, it was just so like sloppy. It wasn't organized, like the box and picking it up. Then we have to try. Yeah, like the I'm, gifts were late. It was weird. It wasn't even going to so, be on time. So and we're like, why are we going to donate yeah. to this? We so, should do our own thing. And that's what we did. So last year we found, uh, it was like a domestic violence shelter for women. What was yeah, it? It was exactly? just, um, was a lot of yeah, the, the you know, plug, plugging them. It's a great organization. It's just oh, Atlanta Children's Shelter um, is there. Um, but it's 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 a unique. They do a lot more. But basically we just volunteered our time to hang out with the kids. We had a, a Santa dress up and, you know, brought them some gifts because mm-hmm. uh, the majority of their parents are um, homeless. And so this is just a place for the kids to go while they're educating the parents to get a job, put them in housing, that mm-hmm. type of thing. And so we love it. And the feeling of being there, like you saying, when your people go there, it doesn't compare to just giving something. 
Right. Right. Yes. So, so to get there is, I'm sure, an amazing feeling. And then seeing it, it's over. Like once they see it, that's it. <laughs> right. So you got to get them to see it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's and the mission. One get, of our one of our guys that came down. Yeah. He's like, because after he made his connections with his sponsored kids, they sponsored a second one. Right. He's like, you almost can't not go back. Right. Like you have these connections, but even for people who can't go down there, sure. they can sponsor a college student and. It's a great relationship, Sarah could probably tell you, but, you know, you're there to encourage them and support them and and talk with them, and it's just, it's a really amazing relationship right there. Even without having been there yet for myself, this coming year will be my first trip there in July, Mm -hmm. Um, just connecting with Maria, one of my um, students that we sponsored through the program, just the FaceTime calls um, through WhatsApp. They have an app there that's right. easier to connect with. Sure. Um, and texting and keeping in touch with school grades, which I'm responsible for sending those out to um, the sponsors. Right. Um, that's a great way to stay super connected and, and, and get more people connected sure. without mm-hmm. having even been there. Not, so. not even being there, but yeah. just staying connected to it's technology. Pow- it's so powerful. I can't yeah. even imagine what it's going to be like to actually be there. Right. So. Yeah, and how long do you plan on going there for when you're there? What a is week. a typical time a week, right? She has a baby at home, so if yeah. not, I'd probably make her stay a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> she's got her baby to get yeah. back to. Yeah. A week will be great. Sure. A Seven week. days max. We, we fill a lot in those days. Yeah. How long is the flight from here to there? Yeah. It's only six, I was thinking six and a half hours. That's it? And there's direct? Direct flight. Wow. Delta goes from Atlanta cool. to Lima, and okay. it's only about 45 minutes to where we stay nice. from the airport. So it's super easy to get yeah. to. It's you know, it's just a, it's a super easy place. Faster There's than Hawaii. No time change. Yeah. Faster than Hawaii. Faster. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. it's very easy That's for her. I, I didn't know that. I would think there would be stops. So it's good to know yeah. even that. Really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, getting over there. I want to hear a story. You know, I'd love to hear a story. Um, Rachel, yeah. I don't know. Um, Do you guys, um, is there anything? So we just for, you know, people that are watching and listening, um, we have uh, Rachel and Jason who just got back from Peru. They'll be, uh, you know, uh, trading, what's that called, musical chairs here in a second yeah. um, <laughs> and sharing a little bit more. But is there anything else you guys, you know, want to share, maybe the next fundraiser or, you know, what's happening, you know, in 2020 or where's the best place maybe people can find you guys if they want to check it out, want to make a difference, want to talk to somebody um, you know, you have that extra 20, 25 bucks a month that can go a very, very long way as you hear, which is kind of news to me. You think, I don't know, just so much more money, but when you break it down, you know, perhaps not every dollar adds up, mm-hmm. but you want to talk about the fundraiser? yeah, tell uh, us please. Yeah. Uh, well, as I was telling Dave, we do have the upcoming, uh, poker tournament fundraiser, um, that we are cool. having at, um, Tannery Row L house right. in Buford, in Buford, in mm-hmm. Buford. Um, and it's going to be on December the 5th, and yeah. this this one is specifically for uh, Christmas in Peru. Okay, um, nice. COVID has affected everyone, but it yeah. has um, really affected Peru the most, um, with the most deaths per capita, and really? it's just been a wow. long, exhausting year for them. They had the longest lockdown, mm-hmm. the strictest lockdown, which we can let Rachel tell you more sure. about. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so it'll be good to bring some Christmas cheer to them. We're not only going to send out um, gift baskets and boxes with food and the and the t- and the standard dinner or traditional dinner there. Sure, sure. Um, we're also going to provide them with um, what they like to call. There's a word for it. Chocolatada. Chocolatada for their cocoa parties, so okay. that the kids can actually have one of their their just typical, uh, you know, traditions. Sure. You know, absolutely. Um, bring some cheer for them. I'm sure they won't be expecting. Yeah. It, so so we'll, we're going to provide for 14 communities that wow. we work with. These chocolatada parties, which has panettone and these huge, huge pots of, of hot chocolate that sure. is made in a very special Peruvian way. 
Cool. Um, and so Sounds they'll be good. able to celebrate in their traditional way. Absolutely. Yeah. And get with me. We talked last week about so the table because I can't play in that tournament. My wife won't let me go there on a weekend because mm-hmm. I have to be with my family. <laughs> but get with me for that tournament so I can get that table. Remember oh, we please. talked about that? Absolutely. So there awesome. you go. You know, so Thank please you so remind much. me. Of course. Thank you. Okay. For sure. Thank so you. get with me with that. And um, yeah, absolutely. And what else we have going on? We have that going on in December. Uh, what are plans for 2021? Yeah. You know, I'm sure they adjust based on what's going on. So it's difficult to really plan right. with that going on. But what's the, uh, what's like the mission in 2021 that's different from 2020? If you don't mind me. Well, 2021, we're, um, we're going to have our, our annual spring gala in okay. April. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be like a 70s good vibes only party. Like sure. 2020 is out the door. Absolutely. Let's welcome 2021. Uh-huh. And that's our big fundraiser for the year is always okay. in the spring. Um, just, we just have a lot going on with the pandemic. We have grown sure. more and more and more. It's just, um, Rachel, I'm sure we'll talk about it. For sure. So we are building a wellness center, which right. will house medical, dental, vet, mental health, physical therapy. All of that will be in these Hill communities. Um, and so she'll, she'll talk more about that. Yeah. That's really our big thing for 2021. That's, awesome. That's huge. Yeah. And then we'll have some, some team trips down there. Cool. So very cool. God willing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I am, you know, very happy to to introduce Rachel and Jason here. They just got back from Peru, um, and they were uh, holding it down over there for Make a Miracle and doing a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, and being in Peru and out of the country during coronavirus in this time um, was probably just, a lot, you know, stressful, right? Because uh, the country was on lockdown. Share a little bit about, you know, Peru, but first kind of what, um, you know, impact coronavirus had when you guys, you know, have been there in the last you know, eight months, whatever it was. Yeah. So back in March, uh, March 15th at around midnight, the Peruvian president announced that we were going under lockdown. We were going under quarantine for two weeks. And it was really shocking at the time because we only had about 80 cases at the time where he decided to shut down the whole country, close Mm -hmm. the borders. Um, And we were only supposed to have quarantine for two weeks and it ended up being 107 days. Wow. And you only leaving your house to go get food mm-hmm. and to go or go get medical attention. But other than that, you really had to stay inside the whole time. Wow. So that was very stressful for for the country as a whole, I think, because especially in San Juan Lorigancho, where mm-hmm. we live, people live day by day on their salary. They, right. they live paycheck to paycheck, which is their daily salary. Mm-hmm. And so when the president at midnight says you can't go to work tomorrow right. to almost a million people, what do they do? Right, right. What can you do? You, you don't have any way to even buy food for your family the next day. And, the, and all, the, the majority of them, because they don't have electricity, they don't have refrigerators, they don't have running water, they go to the market every single day to get their food. Mm-hmm. So that was an, a, another thing. They were, you know, there was nothing really that they could do. And that is where we felt the most stress um, because we felt like there was nothing we could do to help. Right. right. You know, and especially, well, I'll get that. I'll get to that in a little yeah. bit, but we were trying to, you know, figure out ways that we could go without putting our team members at, at risk or mm-hmm. even, you know, getting in trouble with, with, sure. with yeah. the police down there. Because right. it, when we went to lockdown, there's police all over in every corner sure. telling you, you know, stopping you, asking, why are you out? What, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Right. You know, um, we started out with trying to help some communities by giving them some, you know, gift baskets of food. Um, but that was really time consuming and we didn't feel like we were making a very big impact because it was just a few families that we were able right. to do it with. 
And then Giovanna, who's our director of operations and is also Jason's sister, um, she had the idea to do something that they call an olla comun, which means the common pot. And it's kind of like a soup kitchen where Mm -hmm. people come together and, and, you know, maybe one neighbor brings rice Mm -hmm. and the other potatoes and what and they end up making a dish. So we started thinking, hey, well, if we can donate to the food mm-hmm. in bigger quantities to the Oya Comun, and then the people within the community cook it and pass it out, right. that's something where we can make a bigger impact. Sure. So we started doing that little by little growing. And we did it in, I think, uh, 14 or 15 different communities. Right. And once we got... After the quarantine ended and we kind of got the numbers, I think we got, uh, we served or, or the community served with our food that we donated around 200,000 meals wow. during wow. that 107 day period. And it was daily, daily meals that were gi- uh, were being given to these families who otherwise would have no way to. Yeah, well, what they do, you know, if they can't go to work or they can't make any income f- to pay for the food that same day, right. living day to day, what was the, did the government have a plan set up or was it just you have to. Not that I'm going to yeah. put, put them on the spot, but I mean, it's scary. I mean, maybe there wasn't a full plan. Like nobody was fully prepared for this. What so was, what, you, what was our you... plan even here? Right. It was well, very, yeah, very plan. chaotic. Yeah. So, you, you know, know, I would so, assume it'd be something similar. But uh, to, to maybe like, not. To have people like you guys there to think and innovate and think of ideas and not just, oh man, it's over. Like you guys were thinking about ways to be productive and continue helping. Right. And that's a yeah. game changer. Um, Is that something you're doing now though? The, the like soup kitchen and creating that? Did that come out of COVID or it kind of changed a little bit? You know what I mean? So I will say, yeah, I will say that the the Oya Comun was kind of something, it was more of emergency relief. But we kind of realized that there, through the Oya Comun, we Mm -hmm. met so many new communities. And one of the things that, you know, is so time consuming for us in Peru is gaining the trust of the communities. It takes a long time. Sure. So kind of, we were able to gain their trust a lot quicker because we came in their most desperate hour um, and and, and we're able to help them with such something that's so essential food, you Mm -hmm. know, for them and their families. And that was something that we started to realize in all these communities that we were going to that, okay, we're doing the Oya Comun as a, a, a temporary emergency relief, but we can make they in a lot of communities they do something called a comedor, mm-hmm. which is like a more permanent soup kitchen right. where they sell the food there for you know sixty cents, uh, a dollar, however much for you to bring back to to your family, and we realize that that is something that we can do and help them with, so that they can have that um, that yeah. emer- that relief for some families who can't sure. um, afford to buy food sure. for their whole family, and that's something we can do year round, right? right. More so, permanent kind of thing, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. So that's something that we started looking um, in, into helping out with building them, and also donating food for the first for the first year, first year and a half, however long, until they kind of got into the rhythm of being able to, you know, be um, self sustaining. But that's something. Um, we have already built two permanent comedores. We're building another one this weekend. And cool. then I think we have uh, one or two more on the list as of now. So that's been something that's really inci- exciting. And without COVID, we would have never yeah, been able to. Idea. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's something with Make mm-hmm. a Miracle. The ideas, the best ideas always come to us in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's same sure. thing with the scholarships. Yeah. You know, it's not something that we thought of right away, but when the need came to us, we realized yeah. oh, this and, is something we can And do. we wouldn't even necessarily be talking on Melman Podcast if it wasn't for COVID. So the, yeah. I guess my point is, is that, you know, everybody so, you know, focuses on the terrible things that have happened, which is true, but, you know, there are the silver linings of, you know, terrible circumstances, and that's just what, you know, we try to focus on, you right? You have to. You have to try to find them and, you know, nurture them and make it better. 
Um, you know, I'm in a day-to-day problem solving, things like that, but imagine putting somebody that problem solves in just the business into a scenario of life or death, mm-hmm. right? right? It's a lot of different problem solving, even str- stronger reminded person you might even need just to solve a business problem, right? I mean, you guys yeah. are in the, you know, you're in, you're in the trenches figuring it out on somebody's life. There's children that are hungry, thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be cold or, you know, warm and sick. I couldn't even imagine sick. Imagine if they're right. sick, right? Um, now who, in terms of the, um, what you're setting up there, who, who runs it? Like who's the one that's going to be there actually and making sure everything's smooth and the food's made and things like that. Who's, who's in charge of that? So they put someone in within each community, they kind of have their homeowners association. Sure. They have the directors of the community and there is someone that's put in charge of the comedor and they have, um, and you know, it's a, it's a great thing too, because the people who volunteer to cook certain days, um, a lot of times they'll give them their meals for free. Right. Um, so it's something that they kind of exchange for their services sure. and, right. So, you know, so that they can get the food for free. Yeah. So that was, that was a big, a big thing that came out of COVID that was so, um, cool. It it kind of, it was definitely a curveball though, especially having to go buy the food and they were putting limits on how much food you can buy Mm -hmm. because people were stocking up and you were running out. So we would have to send certain team members. We'd have to go through the line like three or four times trying to get enough food because when you're buying for two weeks for 14 different communities that are, you know, each one has like a hundred different families. That's a lot of food that we needed to buy. That's that's insane. So that was something, a big, um, another thing which, you know, I think Jason could talk about um, is going from no virtual learning to 100% virtual learning throughout the whole country. They had no online classes offered in Peru. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, elementary school to college is all online. Mm. And something for our students is most of them don't have computers. Most of them don't have internet in their houses. And so us trying to figure out how to help them to be able to study and and so that they don't have to stop for the pandemic. And that's kind of where Jason came in and, and, problem solving that and finding devices for them. Yeah, tell us about that. ¿Quieres hablar un poco sobre buscando laptop, todo eso para los estudiantes, cambiando a aprendiendo todo en línea, cómo fue? Sí, quiero hablar. Bueno, en español. Sí, sí. Bueno, la experiencia para poder estudiar virtual en Perú, generalmente, este, fue diferente para todos y pues muchas personas eh, como Rachel lo mencionó que en Perú todos viven del día a día eh, este, eh, muchas personas perdieron su empleo y dejaron de estudiar porque hay jóvenes también que estudian trabajan y estudian y como no había trabajo por el tema de la pandemia dejaron de estudiar this is an- another point that he was making, which um, which is such a good point that he was talking about. You know how I how I'd said living the day to day. That's how most proving families live, and a, a lot of them too, and not just for 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 food, but also for their education. There were a lot of students who, as my mom mentioned before, there's no financial aid, there's no type of government assistance, and you know they're living day to day, and a lot of times they'll they'll save up money to be able to pay for their studies throughout the semester, mm-hmm. right? And when they don't have a job, how are they going to pay for their studies? Um, y pues eh, cuando eh, los estudiantes de MEI este, empezaron a, a estudiar y empezaron a, a 
a entrar a esta nueva etapa, lo que es este, eh, la virtualización. No todos eh, contaban con una laptop, ya que la institución o la universidad le ofrecía esos equipos. And you know, most of our, most of the students in San Juan, I would say, but a lot, a lot of our students too, they use the the computer labs at mm -hmm. uh, the university, or we we have our own um, study center through Make a Miracle, where we have a computer lab where they can use too, and that was closed down too because of quarantine. Right. So how do they how do they study? Right. Bueno, y luego cuando me tocó buscar laptops para los estudiantes. Este fue un poco, digamos, difícil porque había demasiada demanda con los equipos electrónicos, sobre todo lo que es laptop. Y no lo vendían. Y no, no lo vendían, y si lo vendían eh, era el precio por el doble, por el tema de que no había... Eh, eh, several different places trying to find laptops to be able to buy for our students to, to right. learn or however, just figuring out a way to do it. And even if the few, few that he found were two, three times the price that they, they would have normally the price because been sold for. Of course. Uh -huh. Well, how, you know, you go to totally virtual learning, but you don't give the option for people to be able to right. buy the tools that they need. So it was kind of, you know, stuck between a rock yeah. and a hard place. Well, it's crazy. I mean, we take it for granted, like, you know, quarantine. We have Uber Eats. We have DoorDash. Right. You know, all, you all, from, all from this. That, right. My, <laughs> you know. my, my son gets an email from the school. If you want a laptop, you can pick it up at this time. Like, it's a joke. I hate to say it, but it, compared to what the real world can be, yeah. like, we're nurtured and spoon-fed here beyond it. Even the people that are the worst off people here are probably still compared to what's going on there. Right. It's just that you can't even compare. You know, we, um, and we're I'm thankful for it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, you have to compare, you know, we're human beings. We're all human beings first, right? We're not mm -hmm. just different countries and different things. We're humans. And um, to know that we have it so good here versus how hard it could be somewhere else. Like we're all humans, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter, you know. I just we're, we're, we're spoiled. Right. Yeah, I hate, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and it was just crazy, too, seeing just the resilience of all these students and some of them, um, you know, with their, with their cell phone and it's not, it's not an iPhone, you know, right, they have their right. little cell phone and they were doing, some of them were doing their classes on their cell phone yeah, and typing course. up essays on their cell right, phone, right. like just doing whatever they could to be able to continue with their education because it is something that no one there takes for granted. Right. And so You know, when we heard about that, when mom and I heard about these, they were on their cell phones. We're like, we gotta, we gotta figure out something that we can do because that is just, I can't imagine studying like that, you no, know? How could you? But they're still doing it because they're doing whatever it takes. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing. Very true. It's incredible. Please. Yeah, the roles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure, let's do it. No, it's okay. Thank you. Good point. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Share, um, you know, with us your, you know, official title or what, you know, you're in charge of or what you do with Make a Miracle, you know, you and, and Jason yourself. So um, I am the Director of Global Relations and Program Development. I have been in Peru for uh, three years now uh, living there, and I kind of always describe myself as the bridge between mm -hmm. um, Peru Make a Miracle and the United sure. States Make a Miracle. Right. I think that That is so important with the distance to have someone who um, is the communication between the two, but also someone, you know, obviously I don't 100% 
know and understand their whole culture because I've only been there for a few years, but trying to be that, that bridge between the two cultures. Sometimes we'll come together on certain ideas and, you know, the American board of directors will say one thing and then our director of operations, Giovanna, will be like, we'll say another thing. Right. And I have to kind of, you know, bridge the gap, bridge mm-hmm. the gap between those two, because it's a total different way sure. of, of thinking. Like for, for example, with our wellness center that we're building, um, Giovanna was like, we don't need an engineer. We'll just get, you know, someone out there who, who just to build it, the construction right. work, you know, and, and, on, obviously, on the American side, they were like, no, 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 like, we, we need an engineer. Yeah. She's like, he just watches, like, he just looks at what they're doing. And right. I'm like, no, like, he... Engineer, he architect, studying. all of it. Right. Yeah. And it was something that we really, that I had to really, like, fight with, with mm-hmm. her a lot and be like, no, like, this is a non-negotiable. Right. But there's just things like that that come up all the time. Yeah, sure. that's good. Um, that insight from your point of view and their point of view. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they could have built it, but in three years it could have went down. Exactly. You know, now you, you built it the right way right from the beginning. It can last 50, 100 years. Right. So, and it's, it's nothing that anyone's right or wrong. They're used to a different way and right. you're seeing it a different way. So it's just bringing the ideas together and finding the solution. Mm-hmm. No right. one's right or really wrong. They're just used to a certain different style, right? It's just completely, just completely yeah. different, and that's so sure. something um, that I always have to do. I am totally not an, like a negotiator, or like a yeah, confrontational right. person, sure. but that's something that yeah. um, I've had to do. And then, Jason, ¿quieres explicar un poco de cómo conociste Mega Miracle, la hora que haces? Mm-hmm. Bueno, sí, yo este, bueno conocí a Mega Miracle eh, hace ya cinco años aproximadamente. Yo empecé desde chofer por mi hermanita. Yo conducía para uh, Caroline, eh, para un, equip, un equipo pequeño que recién iniciaba, que era cuatro o cinco personas. So, um, he had met or gotten to know Make a Miracle about five years ago through his little sister, who, his little sister, I actually, we actually met on our first trip down there, like, over a decade ago. Oh, <laughs> so, um great. You know, he got, he got to know about Make a Miracle about five years ago, and he was actually contracted to be the driver mm-hmm. for us. So he, um, it was a really small team that had gone down, and Lady, his sister, had offered him up as to be kind of the driver for the week, and that's how we got to know him. Cool. Y, y veía lo que ellos hacían todo eso y yo decidí bajarme el carro y apoyar y me sentía bien al poder ayudar a alguien sin recibir nada a cambio no o sea me sentía genial al ver la felicidad de la otra persona so and as you know the driver a lot of times will sit in the car and wait with the car but um, when he saw the small team that was that had come down from Make a Miracle building a house he was like, you know what? I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna go go help them. And he was just talking about how um, how great it felt, and mm-hmm. he just felt so good, of, you know, doing something for somebody else without waiting for anything in return. Um, right. And that was just a new experience for him, um, and, and he just he felt great doing it. Y bueno, así pasando el tiempo, eh, Miracle me dio la oportunidad de yo poder estudiar y Y bueno, eh, seguí mis sueños, ya que siempre eh, estuve trabajando, 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 porque apoyaba a, mi, a, lo que es mi, a mi familia, a mis hermanos, a mi mamá, no todos entre hermanos nos apoyamos. 
Y cuando Make Morgan me dio la oportunidad de poder estudiar, ah, bueno, dije, ahí vamos, tengo que seguir lo que quiero, porque anteriormente eh, iba a postular a la policía, pero por tema del destino. So he had really been working since he was about um, eight years old. He's one of eight siblings. Wow, There's a lot sure. of them. So he had been working since very young, just, uh, you know, and even to when we first met him, he's like, all I did was work. That's all I ever did. I'm just trying to help my family in any way possible, help my siblings, help uh, my mom. And, you know, he had tried to actually... Um, become a police officer and then uh, he had got his appendix taken out uh, like emergency surgery right before he's about to finish and then they're like well you can't be a police officer anymore it's like some sort of rule they have down there right right and so he just felt like Make, makes didn't, sense right and he just felt like you know okay well i guess i'm just gonna you know be working as a driver for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when he got the opportunity from Make a Miracle to study, he was like, all right, like, I, I got to do it. I got to give it my all. Right. And he's studying um, computer science, and he's actually about to finish um, in January or February. Very nice. So Very nice. Yeah. Congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah. And he's doing things as a, because he cares. You brought up the whole point of a, it's not a transactional relationship. You, you give, I get You're doing it because you want to do it, right? And that works in everyday life, too. We see that in our business world or any world. When you're giving just to get something back or waiting for that IOU favor six months from now, it, it doesn't work like that. And a lot of people think like that. I hate to say, but a few that don't think like that are the ones that are going to keep rising. Yeah, and that's something I think that we always encourage our students. So whenever we have, I mean, last year we built 30 houses, and so we have, we call them like our army. They mm -hmm. all, they always come out. We get like 40, 50 students who come out and are passing. It's a prefab houses. So right. you just pass them up in the hills. That's the hardest part. Sure. But we always tell the students, we say, you don't have to have a lot of money to be generous. Right. You can be generous with your time and mm -hmm. with your acts. Like you can be generous with your, well, there's so many ways that you can be generous and make an impact without having to, you know, have a lot of, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I think that they love that. I think that they love that um, they are able to help their neighbors and having that feeling of just being able to help people who live in their communities and, and people who live in communities that are like their communities. Right. Um, it's something that they love and we never have to beg them to come out and help. They will, they give up their Saturdays and they come out and they help us with our kids club or with building houses with no, no complaints. And they're right. always happy to do it, which is just amazing to see. Sure. Incredible. I yeah. want, uh, you know, to, finish off or touch on without, um, you know, forgetting about it is the, um, miracle wellness center, you know, obviously correct me on however mm -hmm. you guys are, um, you know, calling it there, but I think that's really cool because, you know, education is one thing, um, but people can't, you know, focus on their education or working if they don't feel well or they need medical attention. And that's something you guys are working on for 2021. I saw it on Facebook. Looked really cool. Little 3D graphic mm -hmm. type thing. Looked like, you know, super modern. I mean, I thought it was really cool. Um, so love to hear a little bit about, you know, that, um, you know, so anybody listening can kind of find out what that, you know, project looks like. Yeah, the Miracle Wellness Center um, is our biggest project to date. Mm -hmm. It's definitely been a process and a challenge for us, but we're so excited for it. Um, The first floor we're going to have is we're going to have a big open space and we're going to be able to do our kids club star kids there on Saturdays, um, which we did every Saturday before the pandemic started. We're also going to try to do um, lunch and learns with some of the moms of the community and, and, and 
you know, the teenagers even and looking sure. at different things that we can help them with, with nutrition, um, sure. with leadership skills, things like that. Maybe even we do workout classes, yeah, you know, sure. um, and we just kind of want it to be multi-use. And then the second floor, we are going to have an office for, um, to do veterinarian clinics, uh, medical clinics, uh, dentist clinics. Cool. And then we're also going to, and this is my favorite part on the third floor. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a while on the third floor. We're going to have, um, dorm rooms. And uh, it's been a kind of a dream of mine or something I've wanted to do for a while is to be able to expand outside of Lima. There's a lot of uh, even more um, impoverished areas outside of Lima that are up in the jungle or up in the mountains. And I would love for the opportunity of students to be able to come to Lima and be able to get their education there and, and be able to stay in our wellness center. Or even if one of our students is have is in a bad situation and, and they're home, right. they can come and they have a safe place to come in and stay while they get back on their, on their feet. Um, so that is something that I'm so excited for too. I think that it's going to help us in the future to be able to expand to other regions and be able to expand our reach as Make a Miracle. That's great. Sounds amazing. That's amazing. Very cool. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I, yeah. I love it. I feel like um, we can we can chat uh, for hours and hours and and hours. Uh, you know about anything. This stuff is is very cool because it's also very new to you know us and you know Peru and what's happening you know outside of our day-to-day lives, which is really cool. Very just appreciative. There's obviously people and families like uh, you guys that uh, come together and good people um, as well to, you know, just do something different. And it's just so outside of yourself, uh, which I like. Obviously, it's probably one of the better feelings, you know, serving, giving, you know, um, rising someone else up as opposed to to yourself. That's the best. uh, That's the best, you know. So, um we just wanted to thank you guys. If thank there's something guys. that, you know, you want to, um, you know, plug in before we kind of tune out, I just want to say I appreciate uh, everybody for coming on and sharing your message. All the information will be, um, you know, uh, attached to this video in our description just to share with our audience and other people that find it, you know, what you guys are doing in your story. Because um, it's really, it's just super cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for yeah. having me. It was great. Of course. Gracias. Gracias. Uh, me gusta apoyar y hablar sobre lo que Make hace por los estudiantes, porque yo como estudiante eh, siento que Make ha cambiado mi vida demasiado. He said he loves talking about Make a Miracle <coughs> and mm-hmm. loves being able because he feels like as a student that Make a Miracle has changed his life. So yeah. he sure, for sure. Thank you for coming on. It was yeah. Great. Thank you guys for coming on. It was we really enjoyed it. It's a different one. You know, usually it's all business and business this is an amazing different one. I enjoyed it. Thanks for putting it together. Thank Appreciate you guys. You guys. Yeah, cool. Thank awesome. you for Sweet. us out. Yeah. This was so Rock and cool. roll. Yeah, it was cool.